Hello and welcome to Forever Young Adult, a podcast where Kira stares at me uncomfortably because I'm drinking peanut butter. Forever Young Adults, a book podcast where we review books. You can't put peanut butter in a coffee, hit record, and expect me to react <laughs> like a normal person. Okay, okay. <laughs> Hello, and welcome to Forever Young Adult, a podcast where I, Aoife, and I, Akira, discuss young adult fiction from the past, present, and future. This week, I am the person who read a book. The book I read is Aristotle and Dante Discover the Secrets of the Universe by Benjamin Allier Science. Going into this, what I know about this book is, spoilers, there's two boys. Yeah. One of them is definitely gay. It's set in the 80s, and there is a car accident. Uh huh. That's that's an actual spoiler. I don't know how I learned that about this book because all the rest I could just take from more or less the title. <laughs> yeah. So we'll start with author talk. Benjamin Alier Sands is a fascinating person who's had a fascinating life. In fact, he himself speaks about having had multiple lives. Okay. Um. So he was born in 1954 in New Mexico. When he left secondary school or high school, he went straight into a seminary. And became a Catholic priest. He left the the priesthood after a few years. He married a woman. They were married for 15 years. He got divorced. He went back to school for an MA in creative writing in 1985. He published his first book of poetry, The Calendar of Dust, in 1991. He published his first novel in 1995. Help me do the maths. What age was he when he started publishing books? Cool. He was in his late 30s when he published his first book of poetry, his first novel in 1995 when he would have been 41. Yeah, that makes sense. He published his first YA book in 2004, and then he came out as gay in 2008 at the age of 54. After 2008, he has published a few books with quote-unquote LGBT themes, including this book, which came out in 2012. Cool. So yeah, no, that that is many lives. That is many lives. Continues to live and work in El Paso, Texas, where this book is set. Um, He teaches creative writing at the University of Texas. He has a radio show. And I believe mere weeks ago, he started a podcast. We'll have to link him. (laughs) Don't be so off the wall, straighten up and fly right. That's what his podcast is called. That's such a long title. Yeah, You cannot get that into a Twitter handle. He writes bilingual books for children as well because he speaks both Spanish and English cool because I was gonna say he's from a border a border town in America Uh and so there is a lot of bilingualism yeah and there is some bilingualism in this book like there's characters using Spanish but I am an English speaker who does not speak Spanish and it was fully comprehensible for me so with that uh on about the book Um, Tell me about this book, Eva. This book has won so many awards. It has won the Lambda Literary Award and the Stonewall Book Award for LGBT fiction and the Amelia Elizabeth Walden Award and the Pora Belpre Narrative Medal for Latino fiction and the Michael L. Prince Award for young adult fiction. This book is dedicated to all the boys who have had to learn to play by different roles. In interviews, um, I've got a quote here from an NPR interview with Benjamin himself. Uh, He says, some boys just know that they're gay. I don't know how that happens. I think other boys don't know and they start discovering that. And that's the book. I'm going to just put a warning here that it's a very brief discussion. But later on in this podcast, I will be mentioning some like intense transphobic violence because it is plot relevant and I will give a warning when that's happening you'll be able to skip forward just letting you know from here before we start going into actually what happens in the book perfect so what does happen in the book it starts in June 1987 this book was written in 2012 yeah so it's a conscious choice to write it in the past yeah I think it would be set around the time Benjamin Elier Sands moved to El Paso, which is where this book is set because he wasn't raised there. He moved there as a young adult. There are six sections in this book. The first three sections are set in the summer of 1987. Section four is set during the school year of 1987 and 1988. And then the last two sections are set in the summer of 1988. So that that fourth section really covers a lot of time. Yeah. 
Eight months, yeah. Eight months. Ooh. So our main character and our narrator is mm-hmm. Angel Aristotle Mendoza. He goes by Ari. He's named Aristotle after his grandfather, who was Aristoteles. So Aristotle's the English version of that. Also, it's it's a conscious choice on the part of the author to give Dante and Ari these names because he's talking about being 15 and how when you're 15, you are a philosopher trying to figure out the world. So these two characters have the philosophy na- names. Yeah. And it's great. I love symbolic naming. Ari is a what we in Ireland would call a hardy book. He's a tough <laughs> lad. He's he's 15. He's not afraid of fighting. He's a bit of a loner. He's a bit temperamental. He has a lot of rage in him, but like his parents love him very much and he loves his parents very much and he's kind of very soft in other ways. Does he have rage in him because he's a 15-year-old boy and he's rageful or is there like stuff that is like is there stuff happening at home that's made him angry well first of all aristotle is the youngest in his family he has mm-hmm. three older siblings he's got two older sisters who are twins and then he has an older brother the, the twins are 12 years older than him the brother is 11 years older than him then, oh so he's he, he's the unexpected miracle baby what happened was his father went to vietnam to fight in the vietnamese war then when he came back um, Aristotle was conceived and born. Ah, he's a boomer. He's a post-war baby. And when Ari was about four, so when his brother Bernardo was 15, Bernardo went to prison. And Ari does not know why. No one talks about his brother. His brother um, doesn't talk to the family. There's no pictures of him in the house. He just knows his brother's name. He has some vague memories of him. He knows he loved his brother very much. And his his family don't talk about what happened. Okay. So at the beginning of the book, when we meet Ari, he's like, the problem with my life is that it's someone else's idea. He's also treated a bit like the family mascot because he is, he was the youngest and like his sisters are married and have kids of their own and he just doesn't have any connection with them. Uh, There's a quote where he says, I had all kinds of tragic reasons for feeling sorry for myself. Being 15 didn't help. Sometimes I thought being 15 was the worst tragedy of all. That's amazing. (laughs) (laughs) One of the things that we keep coming back to in like every book that we read, and part of it is because we do a lot of coming of age stories, but, and I don't want to be like patronizing when I say this, but teenagers are so dramatic about the horror of being a teenager. Yeah, but with Ari, it really rings true. And I really feel it, like, in my flesh and blood. I really like the writing in this book because it does have this very visceral quality where you just really inhabit how this boy sees the world. Sometimes he's calling himself a boy and sometimes he's calling himself a man and he's aware that, like, he should be growing into a man and there's expectations on him because he's a man, but he doesn't know what the difference between being a man and a boy is and... Yeah, he's very embarrassed by a lot of and things. He's right on that border between the two. And- yeah. So he's bored and he's tired and he has really high hopes for the summer because there's different rules for summer. His mother's a high school teacher and he has to be kind of buttoned up during the school year. He has to be well put together. But like during summer, he can slack off a little bit. He can just wear t-shirts with holes in them, can waste the day. He can be more of a child, even as he's trying to be more of a man. Yeah. And he's just kind of wandering around wearily. And he's like, there's, I, there's nothing in my life, which is my idea. And then he says, I'm going to go to the swimming pool. And he says, it was a small idea, but it was my idea. <laughs> That's kind of cute. Yeah. I like that. And then he goes to the swimming pool and there he meets Dante. Also has a classical name. Dante Quintana is also a Mexican-American boy. Um, He's called Dante because his father is an English professor in university. So both of their parents teach English. Yeah. Just at different levels. Yeah. Amazing. So These these poor boys are just the same boy. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. They're the same boy, but they're also opposite boys in a very intense way. Where Aristotle is like very like self-contained and grumpy and a loner. Dante is just outgoing and like energetic. And he just like comes up to Ari at the swimming pool and is like, you seem like you want to know how to swim, but you can't swim. So I'm going to teach you how to swim if you want to swim. And he's like, okay. 
That is the perfect way to make friends. Just yeah. approach someone and offer to teach them a skill and then you're friends for life. Yeah, basically. That's beautiful. And Ari, because Ari is narrating everything. He says of Dante when they're like get, first getting to know each other, I don't understand how you can live in a mean world and not have any of that meanness rub off on you. But like, that's how he sees Dante is that Dante is just nice and he's not mean Again, it's really interesting in terms of like, he's, you know, Ari is trying to figure out how to be a man and Dante is here being an opposite kind of man and boy from anything he's ever really thought about or seen before. Because you said that um, Ari is kind of a hardy buck, hard mm-hmm. boy. Um, so Dante is just softer. Yeah. Ari has no friends as well. He has no time for anyone. Like his his narrative at the very start of the book is a lot about like, this is an annoying, stupid thing a man said to me once. One of the lifeguards at the swimming pool said, like, a girl is like a tree and you just want to climb up and rip the leaves off. That's disgusting. Yeah. And he was like, and Ari's like, this makes no sense and is really gross. And his mother says, oh, you'll get it one day. And he's like, I don't. I sure hope there's more to my life and I never become the kind of person who thinks a girl is like a tree. Girls are only like trees in that... There's so much you don't see below the surface. Girls are like trees because they're full of bugs. <laughs> Welcome to Night Vale. <laughs> so, yeah, um, in section one, section one called The Different Rules of Summer, referencing how Ari can be a little bit more chill, um, he meets Dante. He also meets Dante's parents, who are, like I said, an English professor and a psychologist. Whoa. Yeah, very highly educated people. It's highly very Highly educated people. And I thought, I was just being like, oh, the 80s. So I assumed that his mom was going to be a stay at home. No. Nope. But his I... mother is a psychologist who's working on a book about teen addictions. So yeah, the, the pull quote, at the start of every section, there's a quote. Mm-hmm. And the, at the start of section one is, the problem with my life was that it was someone else's idea. So again, Ari's feeling trapped. He can't write his own story at this point he meets Dante he meets Dante's family Dante's dad Sam is also a nice different example of masculinity um Ari says I liked the way he said it's nice to meet you Ari he said it like he meant it oh just really sincere and nice and like I never met a Mexican-American man who was an English professor before and he's just learning this other way to what does his dad do? Like his dad went to Vietnam and now he's back from Vietnam. He's a postman. He's a postman. Okay. Yeah. So it's a good stable job. And yeah, a lot of this book is about the relationships between both of these boys and their parents, as well as the relationship between, between the two boys. As Ari said before, like his father has Vietnam living inside of him. And there's just a lot of talk about like how trauma inhabits the body and makes it difficult to connect to people. In this first section, there's a lot of like, Ari doesn't understand himself. So it's hard to understand him from the narrative, but there's a lot of like attraction that he doesn't realize is attraction and a lot of love without realizing what love is. And he feels a lot of shame without knowing what he's ashamed by. This is kind of to do with the fact that um, he realizes he's queer by the end of the book, but this is a long path. So in the beginning, it's just a lot of him saying like, you know, oh, I I really like. I really like Dante. I have feelings for Dante, but they're friendship feelings. So why should I be ashamed by my feelings for Dante? Friendship, friendship, friendship. Okay. Yeah. Like this quote is like, Ari, I'm trying not to be ashamed. I knew what it was like to be ashamed. Only Dante knew why. I didn't. Dante, I really liked him. I really, really liked him. I cannot believe he doesn't figure out that he likes this boy until the end of the book when right at the start of the book he's like, I really fancy this boy. Oh my god. Section two is called Sparrows Falling from the Sky. The Birds po- are not supposed to fall. No. The poll quote is, when I was a boy, I used to wake up thinking that the world was ending. And kind of what happens... You, That's you, very dramatic for the 80s. Well, I mean, it was a Cold War. There was the Cold War. That is true. And then, you know, Vietnam. There's just a lot of... Every decade is bad. Yeah. 
And good. But, and good. Yeah. They're both. I'm in a weird mood today. I'm sorry. <laughs> so sparrows falling from the sky. You you make a good point when you say it's weird that at the very first section, Ari is like, I really, really like him. And then we will get to it. But how he realizes he's not straight is amazing. But section two, he's sick. So what happens a lot in this book is that Ari can't make certain realizations because he doesn't have the autonomy to. Okay. So he can't, there's a lot about the body in this, about helplessness and what it is to live in the body. And, you know, Ari is like quite ashamed of his body and, you know, obviously his body is changing. But in this section, he gets a really serious flu and he has a fever. His parents have to take care of him and he's stuck at home. So yes. he, can't do, he can't do the summer rules. He can't do all the summer things he was hoping to do. Because he's sick. Because he's sick. Sorry. And at the at the very end of the last section, um, Dante storms up to some boys on the street who are shooting a bird with BB guns. And he's like, don't do that. You can't do that. And Did I- they learn nothing from To Kill a Mockingbird? No. Ari, so Ari comes up behind them because these these kids are like, hey, you're a scrawny little piece of shit. We're going to beat you up. Why would you do that? And like Ari comes up behind Dante and is like, I'm the muscle. Yeah. He's like, he's like, I think his literal words are like, I'm going to kick your ass all the way to the Mexican border. Um, So um, that's the first time Ari's really let this rage and violence that he has in him out in front of Dante and he's a little bit afraid because you know he's like you know Dante's crying over this bird and his reaction is anger and he's like I don't know why some boys have tears in them and some boys don't like boys different boys live by different rules like I tried to hide that I was like harder than Dante but maybe he was okay with it because like I really like that he's softer than me so maybe he'll like that I'm harder than him and that's fine but that's that's why um I I really like that even though he's like I'm a tough guy, he doesn't shame Dante for having feelings and being sad and emotional and crying over this yeah. bird. There's a lot of talking about Dante's face is a map of the world without any darkness in it. Because a lot of Ari's hardness does come from the fact that there's this darkness within him, like this misery. And again, this feels like a really real like portrayal of how it is to be a certain kind of 15 year old where you are full of a lot of rage and you don't necessarily know why it is and you know that isn't because you're like an inherently violent person or maybe you are but you're still a person and there's reasons for it but yeah so they have that realization and then Ari just gets really really sick he gets a really bad fever he can't go to the pool anymore and he's helpless and he doesn't love that but his parents are taking care of him and there's it develops a bit more of a connection between him and his parents because like, you know, he's having nightmares where he's like screaming. His dad's like, you were screaming my name. And I was like, yeah, I was looking for you. And his dad was like, oh. And I was like, I'm, I'm always looking for you. Oh. Because his dad isn't there because he has so much trauma that he just can't really connect. So he's... Like physically present, but not mentally present. Yeah, yeah. And definitely not emotionally present. But yeah, so many of my notes here are just about the internality of Ari's experience over what's actually happening in this. Like, he's sick, stuck in bed for a while. Dante comes around and sketches him because Dante draws. Like, he gets a bit better. They go back to the pool. Like... That's what's happening. It's a summer. There's not much structure to it. Yeah. Um, but the end of section two then, Ari is writing in his journal and he says, writing in my journal counts as talking to someone of my own age so my parents can get off my back. My parents want me to have friends and connect with people, but I just want to write in my journal. <laughs> he doesn't necessarily want to write in his journal though because he does things like just writing all the swear words his mother says he can't use in his journal. Oh, I have such affection for this boy. <laughs> yeah, he's very good. So there's just a lot of like, because the helplessness in his body where he's reliant on other people means he has like a helplessness with like self-knowledge and he's he's trying to figure out the whole universe, but he doesn't know anything. 
<laughs> it is hard to figure out the universe when your universe is cut down to your bedroom. Yeah. And he's like, I wish I was the heir. It would be great to be like invisible and everywhere and something that like everyone needed but no one thought about except the kind of people who just talked thought about the air wouldn't that be great he wants to be oxygen yeah he wants to be necessary and invisible and he wants to be only valued by people who pay attention to things that most people don't pay attention to so he wants a very attentive partner (laughs) that's what he wants he wants i'm not sure if well he's certainly not understanding it that way (laughs) But yeah, then towards the end of this section, um, there's another incident with a bird where Ari and Dante are out in the rain because they love the rain. That could be how he got sick. Ari loves the rain. Like he talks about how, you know, the summer is about heat and light for the most of the time, but it just makes the darkness and the rain all the more powerful. And like boys like him aren't made for the sunshine. They're made for the storms. Does this boy write poetry? Because talking about the rain in such a manner is a poetry boy. It is. He is a poetry boy, but he does not write poetry. He should be in a punk band where he's just like, plays his guitar and talks about how he is the rain. He is a moody loner boy. He would do really well in a punk band. There's a lot of stuff about his dreams in this as well. So like while he's while he's sick, he's having fever dreams. He keeps writing down lists in his journal. Like, I want to know things about my brother. I have always felt terrible inside. The reasons for this keep changing. And he just can't figure any of it out. So this section is a lot about him trying to figure out the secrets of the universe by being up in his own head. Mm-hmm. And that does not work. No. So at the end, he's a little bit recovered from being sick. Mm-hmm. Um, so him and Dante go for a walk in the rain. And there's a bird injured in the road. And they're talking and they're walking. And Dante says, my father's been offered a visiting professorship in the University of Chicago. So we're going to move there for a year. So in six weeks, we're going to go and we're going to be gone for eight months and we'll come back. And Ari's like, okay. And does not tell you how you feel about he feels about it because he's very stoic. And then there's a bird injured in the middle of the road and Dante goes to pick it up and it has a broken wing and a car comes around the corner and is going to hit him. And Ari dives in front of the car and pushes him out of the way because he's a stoic boy of action he's a stoic boy of action um i knew there was a car accident but that is so much worse yeah i thought they'd be in the car nope do not pro tip don't get hit by moving cars yeah that's a good pro tip i'm i'm gonna get into that um my boy so like the quote is um I watched him as he picked up the frightened bird. That's the last thing I remember before the car swerved around the corner. Dante, Dante, I knew the screams were coming from inside of me. Dante, I remember thinking it was all a dream. All of it. It was just another bad dream. I kept thinking the world was ending. I thought about the sparrows falling from the sky. Dante. And then he wakes up in hospital at the next section. <laughs> so he doesn't even remember jumping into the middle of the road to push this boy who he definitely does not have a crush or feelings on out of the way of a moving vehicle. Yeah, of course not. Why That's would, a perfectly yeah. normal thing to do for any. Yeah. Oh. The well, no- actually, enough Grey's Anatomy has taught me that if you are a heroic person, you will just jump in front of a moving vehicle for a complete stranger. Mm. That's what I have learned from Grey's Anatomy. It's a very educational show. Oh, extremely. The next section is called The End of the Summer. Mm-hmm. And the pull quote at the beginning is not by the author. It's by Karen Pfizer. And it is, do you remember the summer of the rain? You must let everything fall that wants to fall. Okay. Ari has two broken legs and a broken arm. So wait, wait. He's just after getting like better from the flu, which made him be contained to his bedroom. Mm-hmm. He is just started like leaving the house again and he is immediately bedridden a second time yeah he spends so much time in his head it is really heartbreaking for ari because he was like 
finally finding his freedom and now he's being thrust back into confinement again not even that just that he began this summer like this is the summer i'm going to discover myself this is a line that he says later but the next summer but he says like i love summer summer is the book of hope like he's got freedom he's like i'm finally going to figure out what everything's about because you know there's a lot of narratives in our culture about having one summer where you grow up and you figure everything out coming of age summer yeah so like he's in this hospital and like all the doctors are like wow you're so brave and strong and you're gonna recover so well the surgery went great you're gonna be able to walk and you'll be fine in like eight weeks and he's like eight weeks that's all of the summer like I'm in the point I'm in school in eight weeks yeah and the doctors are like you're strong and young and you're not going to be disabled for your whole life after this horrendous accident isn't that wonderful and he's like I lost the last of summer (laughs) on the scale of life events being in a car accident and having an eight-week recovery is like not bad at all yeah but in the span of being 15 having an eight-week recovery for having to do anything for eight weeks is eight weeks is a long time um so this this whole section is again about bodily helplessness and like Ari is really angry and unhappy and like his parents are taking care of him and like Dante's parents are so grateful and like Dante's mother isn't very like emotional and effusive but she's just like I will love you for the entire rest of my life and like he's like when someone like her says something like that she means it because he saved her son's life and he already noted that the family is just very sincere yeah this whole section is like ari's helpless and he's being loved and he doesn't like it because being vulnerable and people are being really grateful to him and he just hates being so vulnerable and people having to look after him and not being able to do things for himself he says like it's really hard to be a 15 year old who really loves your parents anyway because like he loves his parents so much he's 15 and he's not meant to oh because of the narrative of like as a teenager you should hate your parents and be constantly rebelling against Mm. them and like oh they're just stopping me from doing all the things i want to do and i hate them yeah he says dante and i are cursed with parents who care (laughs) yeah yeah he's also just really annoyed that everyone's very grateful to him for saving dante because he's like i didn't do it on purpose i did it via instinct and i don't actually remember the acts yeah he's like i didn't mean to i just did it and they're like wow you're a very selfless and brave boy you must love your friend very much and he's like it just happened and i love him the appropriate amount basically basically yeah um so yeah he's very angry he's like his mother has to give him sponge baths he doesn't like it um dante gives him his sketchbook and he never lets anyone look at his sketchbook and ari's like he's just giving me this because he's grateful i hate the gratitude and he like flings it at the wall as soon as dante leaves the room and his mother's walking by at the time and she kind of pokes her head and she's like hmm so he's like i'm moody and inconsistent like ari admits he's like fine maybe i'm moody and inconsistent i am i don't know why my feelings do these things i don't know why i'm so angry but he's like i'm so miserable i'm never going to be happy ever again this is the worst thing ever and then he his casts originally go all the way up to his thighs Mm -hmm. and then after a few weeks he gets them removed and new casts put on that just go to his knee so he's able to walk about on crutches and he's like oh life is better now (laughs) You've killed me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's like, oh, life is better now. It is, it is. I have regained some of my earlier freedoms and it's all chill. He, honestly, it sounds a little bit like a very physical mental illness where once you are super bogged down in it, you can't do anything. Mm-hmm. And then it improves a minor amount. And you're like, oh, I now have the energy to get fresh vegetables and everything in my life is better. Yeah. As opposed to just eating tin food. Yeah. So, yeah. Things get a little bit better because... Does he, he ever look at the sketchbook? I'm getting to it. Things get a little... I want to go to the ending. I want the story now. No. He writes in his journal, I hope this would be the summer that I would discover I was alive. The world my mom and dad said were out was out there waiting for me. That world doesn't actually exist. Dante comes over that evening. 
um, just before like he's going to head to Chicago really soon. Like Ari now has use of the arm that was broken and mm-hmm. half of his legs back. And Dante's like, yeah, I was swimming today. And Ari's like, yeah, you love swimming. And Dante's like, I do love swimming. I love swimming and I love you. The two things I love most in the world are swimming and you. And Ari's like, you can't say that. Dude, do you not know that we're supposed to repress our feelings and not talk about them? Come on, get with the show. You love swimming. I correct myself. He says, you shouldn't say that. And Dante says, it's true. And Ari says, I didn't say it wasn't true. I just said you shouldn't say it. You can't verbalize your feelings, man. Yeah, there's multiple parts in this book where Ari's like, God damn it, I wish... Dante wasn't the kind of person who just said things. It's so fucking embarrassing. I know what he means. We understand each other on a very deep personal level. I don't need to hear him say this stuff. Oh, I hate communication. And then they look at Dante's sketchbook together. And Ari's like, there's the sketches he took of me in my room when I was sick. And all of his feelings are in them. And you can see exactly how he feels for me. He's like, cool. It's your sketchbook. No (laughs) communication. No. And um, Dante and his parents moved to Chicago for a year. And And it's the 80s, so they don't have WhatsApp and Snapchat. How do they do they just take a a year long time out or do they? The next section is called letters on the page. Oh, so they wrote letters. Yeah. Dante is writing sometimes two letters a day. Oh, my gosh. Like, that's the thing, is Dante is very comfortable with talking without Ari responding, because it's kind of just what their dynamic has been. <laughs> and, and like, in, a, like, Dante's third letter or so, he's like, hey, you're not writing back to me, but, like, I get that. I'm just going to tell you I'm going to keep writing to you, and you can write to me if you want. Like, that's your choice, but I'm going to be writing to you. Uh, I love it. <laughs> so Dante is in Chicago, and he is... He is riding the L train and he is getting friendly with like all the goth kids and the emo kids. And he's telling Ari all about this and he's going to house parties and he's getting drunk and he's getting high and, and he's kissing girls. And he's thinking about how he like wants to kiss guys. And uh, he is writing all these letters to Ari and Ari's like, I'm so goddamn embarrassed. Why does he keep telling me these things? I wish I. Oh, my God. So so like so much of books is just everything would be fixed if you communicated slightly better Mm -hmm. and this book is this one boy being like we could be fine if you communicated less yeah it's yeah it's great um there's a bit where um towards the end of this section um dante like writes um i'm looking for it now because it's amazing but it's about masturbation Oh no. He's like, hey, do you masturbate? He writes that in a letter? Yeah. And no, Ari. No, 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 no. That is not a letter conversation. That's a 2 a.m. conversation. No. And, and Ari's, again, he's just like, you don't talk about these things. <laughs> Holy shit, Dante. <laughs> Why? <laughs> I love Dante. He's very good. He's a beautiful boy. So, like, all we get from Dante in this section are these letters. And God. I'm just going to read this section from I this want one. to note for the for the listener that Aoife has a physical copy of this book and she has just highlighted a whole paragraph which I assume she's going to read to us now and written above it is I love this kid <laughs> it's a good paragraph <laughs> dear Ari seven to one that's the ratio of Dante letters to Ari letters just so we know when I get back this summer I'm going to take you to the swimming pool and drown you Almost drown you. Then I'll give you mouth to mouth and revive you. How does that sound? Sounds good to me. Am I freaking you out yet? So on to the business of kissing. I want... Dear Ari, I want to kiss boys. What if I nearly kissed, killed you and then we kissed and then we wouldn't be kissing, but we would be kissing, but no homo, eh? Are you freaked out? <laughs> Are you freaked out yet? Um, they went to different schools. Dante went to Cathedral, which is a kind of posh school. And Ari was given the option of going to it by his parents. And he was like, no, I don't want to be among all those rich kids. 
and his mother was like they also take scholarship kids and Ariel's like I'm not smart enough to get a scholarship and his parents are like you don't need to get a scholarship we have the money and he's like don't make me go to the posh school with the smart kids so so he's like I don't want to be around the rich kids well they take scholarship kids so not everyone there is rich don't make me admit that I'm a rich kid yeah 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 (laughs) we can't be a rich kid I don't have a I don't have a tv yep So he goes to Austin High School and there are a couple of kids there. There's two girls there called Susie and Gina who keep annoying him in what in that they're friends with him and they've been friends with him since since they're about five or four, but he doesn't like having friends. So they just bother him and they're like, hey, what happened to your leg? And he's like, I saved a guy's life. And they're like, yeah. And he was like, yeah, the guy was called Dante. And they're like, you're full of shit. So wait. Wait, so at the start of this, you said that Ari doesn't have any friends. He's moody and But it's longer. not that Ari doesn't have any friends. It's that he won't acknowledge that the people who are his friends are his friends. Yeah, or he's like, these two girls just follow me around for gossip because they think I'm entertaining. and But they've been friends for 10 years. Yeah. <laughs> like, they've been just following around for 10 years. So they, those two girls are like, this is our friend Ari. And Ari is like, I don't know who these people are. Yeah. Uh, oh my god okay they're they're not (laughs) mentioned at all until he gets back to school he's so dramatic yeah okay this is a really good school year for ari he turns 16 he gets his casts off he gets a jeep he gets a dog what's his dog called okay so tell me about this dog okay so become Uninterested in the whole of the rest of the book because he said there was a dog. The day Ari gets his casts off, he walks past... He he goes for a walk. He walks past Dante's house and there's a park near Dante's house. And while he's there, a dog comes up to him and is like, hi. And he's like, hi. And he pets the dog and he likes the dog and the dog is friends with him. And I don't think he brings it home that day. Then like the dog is there another day and he notices the dog doesn't have a collar or anything. So he brings it home and he calls her Legs. Because it's the day he got his legs back that he met her. Oh, that's so symbolic and lovely. It's really lovely. And this whole section is very good because it's about, you know, um, Ari started the summer being bored and miserable. And now he's like busy and miserable. But busy is better than bored. And he's learning about misery. He's, he's learning that be- doing things helps you put off the existential dread so like he has a routine in his life where he he gets a job three days a week at a local like burger flipping place he's learning to drive in this jeep he's he goes for a run with his dog every morning he starts lifting weights in the basement he goes to the library to research about his brother like when he's in school he gets harassed by gina and susie who want to know things about him so he so at the start of the book he was like I need the freedom of summer in order to grow as a person. But what he is discovering is like the structure of school and having like a school day is what's actually giving him the freedom to grow. Yeah. And he still doesn't feel like he's figuring out the secrets of the universe, but he is feeling somewhat better because you feel better when you have a regular schedule and you have rewarding obligations like a pet you're looking after and are achieving goals like learning to drive and saving money and things like that but all the time he's like the Ari I used to be doesn't exist anymore and the Ari I'm becoming doesn't exist yet so I'm not sure where I am and like busy doesn't mean happy but it's something also his his father is giving him these driving lessons so he gets to like spend time with his dad and he's figuring out a bit more about like how to be present with his father even though his father can't really talk to him very much like just how being physically present together can be a nice form of connection between them and yeah he is getting seven letters from Dante for every letter he sends there's a third girl who is 18 and it's in their school she's older she's two years older and uh she's According to Gina, she is toying with Ari. Ooh. What she's doing is she is flirting a little bit and occasionally at parties she'll like come up to him and talk to him and once or twice she kisses him and Ari keeps having these dreams where like he's in his new Jeep and he's like 
driving and he's got Elena in the car with him who's this older girl and like he looks over at her and then he looks back to the road and like Dante is there with cat holding a bird with a broken wing oh my god those dreams are horrifying yeah and he's like I don't know what this means I think that dreams are like a release valve on your brain when you don't know why you're thinking about something and I don't know what I'm not thinking about Okay, see, I don't put a lot of symbolism in dreams in real life, but dreams in novels always mean something. Like, it's not that dreams in life necessarily have meaning the same way that, like, Freud or, like, Jung thought that they did, but they definitely are the regurgitated, like, what you're thinking about. My so. my dream last night was that my partner and I went to the cinema and we went really early for a midnight viewing and then the cinema had a bar and we ate chicken wings in the bar and then we fell asleep and we woke up at 8am the next morning having still in the cinema but having missed our midnight viewing because we slept through it. That sounds like a good fucking date though. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds fun but I, I do enjoy that I had a dream in which I fell asleep <laughs> you're so middle aged <laughs> you're 27 6 you're 26 26. and you're so middle aged so spending all this time with his dad makes Ari realise that he kind of thought he was very like his dad because his dad is like kind of stoic kind of doesn't talk very much and Ari's like, I can relate to this, but in spending this time with his dad, he figures out maybe I'm not very like my dad. Maybe deep inside, I'm more like Dante and that kind of really scares him. Maybe I do need to talk about things, but I don't want to talk about things. Okay. And it's difficult. And then over Christmas, while he's wrapping presents, he goes and grabs the scissors out of the spare room and he finds an envelope with Bernardo written on it, which is his brother's name. And it's just a big manila envelope. And he looks at it and he's like, I know that everything is in there. I know that if I open it, I'll get all the secrets that I've been looking for, Ari Bernardo. Yeah, so he sits there for a while and he thinks about it. And then he thinks, I don't want to open this envelope. I want my mother to hand it to me and say, it's time that you know about your brother. I'm going to tell you everything. He he wants to be told. He wants this to be a choice that his family make to bring him in on the information that they all know and are keeping from him. That's a very mature choice. So he doesn't open it. But he does start going to the library and spending time running through microfiches of old newspaper clippings to see if he can find anything out that way. He's like, oh, there's a cheat sheet right there. Gotta go do the hard grafts. And then it's summer again. And this section is called Remember the Rain. The poll quote for Remember the Rain is turning the pages patiently in search of meanings. Mm. Um, So does Dante come back? Dante comes back at the start of summer. Um, Rewinding just slightly, um, at the very end of the section that takes place over the course of the whole school year, he actually gets drunk in the desert with Susie and Gina Mm -hmm. because since he's got his truck he's been like driving out into the desert and looking at the stars um over the previous summer Dante's father had brought the boys out like to look up at the stars where there's no light pollution so Ari really likes it and he's like my mother said if she ever finds out that I get drunk and drive my truck she's going to kill me so what I'm going to do is I'm going to ask my friends who aren't my friends to come with me to the desert so that two of us can get drunk and the third one can drive us home that is actually very responsible. It's very responsible. And he's like, there's so much in this where Ari's like, I don't want to be a nice boy. I want to be tough and hard, but you won't give me permission, ma'am. <laughs> and his mother's like, if you were really a tough and hard boy, you would not wait for your mother's permission. You would just go do it. And he's like, this is a trap. <laughs> but yeah, he gets drunk in the desert with Susie and Gina and he's just kind of quiet, but... um they're chatting and laughing and he's lying back and he thinks it's nice that they know how to talk and how to laugh and how to be in the world but I think maybe it's easier for girls okay because that's interesting because like Dante is able to talk and be easy in the world so it's within his within his sphere it's not just only girls who are able to communicate but also it does feed into that like that girls are socialized to be more open and communicative than boys are. And I mean, Ari is so goddamn embarrassed every time Dante is vulnerable 
and expressive because he's not doing what society yeah that makes sense so he's he can lie there comfortably and be like isn't it nice that these girls can be vulnerable and but when dante does it it's like a hellscape it's summer again summer is the book of hope dante comes back like dante sends him a postcard saying like this is the day i'm leaving chicago we're going via washington dc because my dad wants to check something out in the library of congress because there's no internet yet and he's writing a book and you know we'll be back around this time and so dante's like "Eh, well i'm i run my dog this route every morning but it's way too early in the morning and dante would never be up at that time so i'm gonna run by a little bit later in the day I'm just going to accidentally be where you are for no reason at all, because that's part of my daily routine. What? I don't care about you in an overly what? No, this is normal. Absolutely. Friend love. So yeah. Yeah. So Dante's just like, where'd you get all those muscles, Ari? And Ari's like, from lifting weights in my basement and running with this dog. And it's like... um, I didn't put it in the letters because it didn't seem important. (laughs) He's like, you're buff and your hair is longer. And you're... "Mm." And if I wasn't attracted to you before. And Dante's gotten tall. Dante's like, I missed you so much. And and Ari's like, typically, I didn't know what to say. So I didn't say anything. And Dante's like, are we still going to be friends? And Ari's like, we are friends, Dante. (laughs) We're always going to be friends. Don't be stupid. We are friends where only one person talks. Yep. (laughs) At this point, Dante has been fairly open about, like, the fact that he is crushing hard on Ari. And Ari is like, hush boy, I'm cool with you. He's cool with Dante being being not straight. Yeah. Yeah. So he's like, cool, you go be your gay self, but please leave me out of it. And then Dante is like, but what if you were in it? Yes. Just a lot. continuously? Yeah. Okay. So. That's harassment and you shouldn't do yeah. it. Yeah. I'm like, don't do that. And I know that at the end that they do get together. I would like to have a discussion at the very end about how it's handled after you have all the information. Okay, cool. But yeah. I'm, yeah, I'm a little bit uncomfortable with, with like, it's, it's. It doesn't help that we don't know a huge amount about how Ari feels about these things, except that he freezes and sometimes he's like talks about blushing and feeling embarrassed. And it's like unsure how that would actually read in a social situation. So like he's definitely putting out signals, but he doesn't even know that he's putting out signals and he's not in a position to reciprocate anything. Yeah. But towards the end of the first summer, Arya's like, okay, there's rules. I saved you from a moving car. It's whatever. We're not going to talk about it. You're not allowed to say sorry. You're not able to allowed to say thank you. And so now at the start of this summer, Dante's like, well, we have rules for this summer as well. And Ari says, yeah, rules number one, I don't kiss boys. So Dante's like, okay, first rule is no trying to kiss Ari. And then Dante says, and I have a rule for you. No running away from Dante because someday someone will walk up to you and say, why are you hanging out with that queer? And if you can't stick by me as a friend, you should go right now. That's very fair. Yeah. And Ari's like, cool. And then they're both like, they're both like, I have the harder rule to follow. This isn't fair. (laughs) And they say this to each other. Stop killing me. Yeah. So Dante says, okay. He touched my shoulder, then smiled. Bullshit, Ari. You have the harder rule to follow? Buffalo shit. Coyote shit. All you have to do is be loyal to the most brilliant guy you've ever met, which is like walking barefoot through the park. I, on the other hand, have to refrain from kissing the greatest guy in the universe, which is like walking barefoot on hot coals. Are those curse words in his list of words that he's not allowed to say? <laughs> well, it's, that's Dante, and I think he can say whatever curse words he wants. Fair enough. <laughs> but he's just... I, I enjoy... I, I enjoy that they're both like, my rule is harder. So like, they're they're having fun with it. Yeah. Which some could be read, be read as flirty. Yeah. Um, but later on, Dante does break his rule. Oh no. Because he's like, hey Ari, how do you know you don't like to kiss boys if you've never tried it? And Ari's like, I think you kind of just know. And Dante's like, well, we could just try. And Ari's like, fine. And so they kiss. And then Ari draws back and he's like, didn't do anything for me and then Dante's like you're really mad at me and he's like I'm mad at myself I keep letting you talk me into things I keep letting you break the rules that I have said yeah. so this is told from Ari's, Ari's point of view do we get an internal monologue or like 
do we get anything of how he is feeling about the kiss other than what he communicates to Dante? Not at this point. What we get is, close your eyes, he said. So I closed my eyes and he kissed me and I kissed him back. And then he started really really kissing me and I pulled away. Well, he said, didn't work for me, I said. Okay. So I'm like, yeah, and I know you want to have a wider discussion about this at the Mm. end, but I keep wanting to have it now. Mm -hmm. I'm like, from Ari's point of view, he's just being harassed by his best friend. You know what? Maybe we can talk about this now because like there's two sections to go, but all kind of runs into itself. So what happens is... Um, like, I know they do get together at the end. They get together on the like, last page. Okay. So, um, okay, there's there's some more stuff. Like, um, Dante also gets a job this summer. He works in a pharmacy. And there's a boy in the pharmacy who he flirts with a little bit. And Ari's like, I don't like this boy. Um, I don't know why I don't like him. And then Dante and this boy go on, like, a date. And they're out in um, they're out in the street, and they're in an alleyway, and they have a little kiss, and they get beaten up for this. Um, and the boy runs away. Mm-hmm. Uh, the boy who isn't Dante, but Dante never runs from anything, and so he just kind of sits there and takes his beating. Yeah, cool. And uh, he goes to hospital, and then. Dante's parents didn't know he was he was queer at this point. His dad like comes to Ari and is like, "How well do you know my son? What what do you know?" Kind of. Ari is kind of like, "I know he was kissing a boy," um, because you know, yeah. at this point he's like, "Maybe I should tell them." He he is he is now in hospital, so maybe it is time to. Yeah. Communicate. And he's like, I know that he was afraid of telling you because he loves you guys very much. And like, Dante's mother is pregnant. And he's like, I know Dante was hoping that the baby would be a boy and that the boy would like girls because if he didn't, he's going to fucking kill him because his parents are going to want grandchildren. And Sam, who is Dante's dad, was like, I don't care about grandchildren. I care about my son who is in hospital. He's just, he's got a a lot of internalized homophobia where he's like, there are social roles that are expected of me as a Mexican son and I can't fulfill them. So my sibling needs to be able to. So after Dante gets bashed, Ari, Ari goes to the place where Dante works to find the boy he was kissing on. And Ari's like, give me the names right now. Or I'm going to beat you up instead. Mm-hmm. And he gives the names. Of the people who, be- who beat up yeah. Dante. So four, four boys beat them up. And this guy recognized two of them. He gives the names of two of them. And Ari goes to the, like, I think it's like a uh, car repair shop where one of them works. And it's owned by Ari's dad's friend. And so he just waits around outside until this kid comes out and is like, hey, nice Jeep. And Ari's like, yeah, do you want to come have a closer look? And the dude's like, yeah, of course. My friend Ari. And then Ari just jumps him. Jumps him. Beats him bloody. Ari's dad's friend comes out and holds him back. And then Ari comes home covered in blood. And Ari's parents are really, really freaked out for reasons that he doesn't really understand. But they're terrified. And they like... Does this come back to Bernardo? Yeah. So they're, they're terrified. They're very unhappy. And they're like, this is just kind of proof that him repressing his feelings makes him more violent. This comes up later where they like, his parents literally sit him down and are like, I think you're gay. And I think you need to admit that you're gay or the shame is going to eat you up inside. The same way that like the guilt and shame your father has from fighting in Vietnam eats Eat him up. up inside. And that's how he realizes he's gay. So he doesn't realize he's gay so as much as he is told that he is gay? Yeah. Lots of people kind of sit him down. Like, Dante is like, you're obviously in love with me, dude. And that's not working out. And then after Dante gets beaten up and is in hospital, and or even after the car crash thing, Dante's parents are like, you're in love with our son. And after he goes and beats someone up, for Dante, they're definitely like, you're in love with our son. And his parents as well, Ari's parents are like, you're you're in love with Dante. And Ari is just like, I don't think so. So I am kind of upset by this. And maybe, okay, so maybe Ari is like, 
I needed other people to help me to come to this realization because I had been in such strong denial about it. But I'm a little bit because like we get his internal monologues and within his internal monologues, you have told me that he doesn't express feelings for Dante Mm -hmm. in this way. Like I know at the very start, he's just like, I really, really like this boy and I made fun of him for that. But it kind of sounds like he's like, I really like this boy, but I really like this boy in a non-sexual, non-romantic fashion. And everyone around me is like, no, you have to love him in a sexual romantic fashion because that is the vibe you're giving off into the world through your actions even though you're communicating differently including Dante and Dante is just like I want to be romantic and sexual with you and therefore you must want that and I'm uncomfortable same I don't like it at all my biggest downside for this book is the way that this is handled it's obviously you're meant to understand it as he is divorced from his own body. And reading this, it reminded me a lot of a book called The Body Keeps Score by Bessel van der Kolk, which I read over the course of my degree. And it's about how um, in trauma, your body gets divorced from your mind and people aren't, like people who are very traumatized uh, often have difficulty like knowing when they're hungry or when they're too hot or too cold. So like things like physical desire are right out. Mm-hmm. It's really difficult. And there's a lot of that in how Ari processes this. Um, another thing that happens over the course of these last two sections is Ari's aunt Ophelia dies. Okay. And there's no mention of her before this point. But when we find out she's sick, Ari remembers he lived with her for a little while when he was young and he really liked it there. And like whenever he talked on the phone with her, she made him feel really calm and happy. And things like she used to say the body is a gift. And he felt like his Aunt Ophelia had figured out a lot of the secrets of the universe and Ari hadn't even figured out the secret of his own body yet. And we find out that Ophelia was queer. She was in a relationship Ah. with a woman. And that woman died six years ago. But when Ari was young, he went to live with her and her partner for like nearly a full year, for about nine months. Because when his brother's trial was happening, his mother had a breakdown and wasn't able to look after him. So So they shipped him off. Yeah. Which is responsible. (laughs) Yeah, it's responsible. So all of this starts to come out. Like Ari says, it seemed like my parents had realized there was too many secrets in the world. So they they have to go to Ophelia's funeral. She leaves Ari her house. Oh, that's sweet of her. It's very sweet of her. And he feels really guilty because he hasn't been thinking about her. And he hadn't gone to see her in like 10 years. But like everyone at the funeral is like, oh yeah, she really loved you. But also like that's not entirely his fault. Like he is... As he himself has noted, he has a lack of control over, of his... control over his movements and like he can't go visit his aunt who lives many away without mm-hmm. his parents like bringing him or making that happen in some way. Yeah. His mother eventually, because he kind of presumed his mother didn't have trauma because his dad is the one who's like very visibly traumatized, but his mother had this full breakdown when her son went to prison and um, she she tells them when they're over for Ophelia's funeral, she's like, I'm going to tell you about Bernardo when we get home. I which think is, I hurt you. Which is what she want, what he wanted. He yeah. wanted to be told as opposed to have worked it out. Yeah, or have to find out as a secret. Yeah. So, so I'm going to tell you now about how Bernardo ended up in prison. Cool. He was a very angry boy. Uh, Ari picks this up mostly from his sisters and they say like he was horrendous to live with he was full of rage and they don't really know why maybe he was born angry but when he was 15 he went and he picked up a sex worker okay transphobic violence coming up skip forward a minute or two if you don't want to hear that he takes the sex worker like home or somewhere and uh the language they use in this book isn't great about it but um I would say the sex worker is a trans person and um, Bernardo beats her to death with his bare hands for not having a vagina when he expected her to. Oh, that's bad. I would see why the family wouldn't want to talk about that because it is upsetting to talk about your child 
beating someone to death and it is also uncomfortable to talk about murdering trans people yeah so bernardo is sent to a juvenile detention center where he beats another person to death with his bare hands so he's now murdered two people he's murdered two people with his bare hands and that's really emphasized that like he doesn't even use tools or anything he just has so much anger and rage in him that with his own hands he kills someone he is the age that ari was at the start of this book when he does these things which is why you realize his parents are always kind of sitting there with bated breath Especially if they can't, like, if they're like, we don't know why he was angry. We don't know what happened that, that like, led to the aggression that he exhibits, which means we don't know how to, like, not instill that in our, in our other other children. Yeah. So Ari is kind of really happy just to know this. He considers, like, writing a letter to his brother, um, like, both of his parents tried to keep in contact with his brother but the brother is like so ashamed and angry that he won't well they think he's ashamed and angry he doesn't open their letters like his dad came to see him and he just refused to be seen so again they just kind of take this as Ari shame and rage will kill you it will ruin your life you have to stop being ashamed and enraged and you have to be gay if you're gay. Yes. And again, we get to see their attitude to queerness because they're really, really, really upset that their son committed this act of transphobic violence. And when Ari comes in covered in blood, they're initially terrified. But when they find out that like he beat someone up for Dante, they're a little bit less upset by it. They're and like, then- violence is bad, but okay (laughs) yeah and um you know there's this aunt ophelia who was effectively married to a woman and she was outcast by the rest of their family but they stayed along with the information about bernardo ari's mother also gives him a box of letters exchanged between her and her sister yeah who was gay and she's like you know i learned a lot about how love works from ophelia like i think it's it's fine (laughs) to be gay and this is where it feels almost like they're pressuring him (laughs) And I understand that this book has been written by someone who didn't come out until he was 54. So maybe what he's doing is he's rewriting his own past. So that, oh, my parents are radically accepting and therefore they shove me out of the closet at 15. But it just feels really false. It's also just difficult for me, and I haven't read the book, but it feels difficult because Ari is constantly like, I'm trying to figure out who I am. I need space to figure out who I am. I need the freedom of summer to figure out who I am. And everyone is like, this is who you are. Yes. And they're telling him who he is as opposed to him being like, summer take two happened and I got like some time to process my feelings and now I'm spending more time with Dante and I'm realizing that the feelings that I have for him are romantic as opposed to just being like, you have to have feelings for him because we believe you have feelings for yeah. him. Yeah, so the very end of the book, um, he has this conversation with his parents. Then, so Ari's like, Dante, do you want to drive out into the desert? And Dante's like, sure. And then Dante's getting kind of like angry. He's like, I can't, I don't think I can be just friends with you anymore. It's not like good for me to be in this situation where you're just you just don't seem to reciprocate my feelings and I can't do this. That's fair. It is fair to be like, I have crush on you and I really want to be with you. And if I can't be with you, I, can't I be need you. time to, I need time away from you so that I can move on from my feelings so that perhaps we can be friends in the future, but we can't be friends now. Yeah. That's fair. Good job, Dante. And he's also like, Ari, you seem slightly different right now. And Ari's like, I feel free and human because I admitted that I am gay and it is better now. But he says, remember when I when we kissed? And Dante's like, do you think I would have forgotten it? <laughs> and Ari's like, uh, do you remember what I told you just after? And Dante's like, don't make me say it. And Ari's like, what did I say? And Dante's like, you said it did nothing for you. And Ari says, I lied. Okay. So... Like, I, again, it's like, okay, I guess then that means you're admitting that it did something for you. But there's very little admitting that he is experiencing attraction here. Yeah. Or liking this boy. I feel like a lot of the problems that you and I are having here mm. 
could have been solved by there being more internalized monologues in which Ari is more conflicted about his feelings towards Dante instead of just having him be like, nope, 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 I'm good. But that also, I guess, I guess because part of the problem is that he is ashamed of his feelings and doesn't want to acknowledge them at all and therefore can't even acknowledge them to himself. Yeah, there's a certain level of consciousness that he isn't even reaching. I I am not a Mexican-American boy who grew up near the border in New Mexico and Texas. I'm not. I'm a rural Irish woman, but I am a queer person from an environment where it is very difficult for people to realize that they're queer. And... I feel there is a lot of art out there that can reflect that experience in a way that is less fraught and uncomfortable the way Ari comes to terms with his being queer where he's just told, given the frames we have available to us, given the evidence of how much you love your friend, you must be in romantic and sexual love with him and you must have romantic and sexual feelings for men. Yeah, don't love that. Yeah. Um, but Do you, what are your highlights though for it? It is a really beautifully written book. The way it deals with masculinity and trauma. Anything else we should discuss? Okay, low lights is definitely we, we discussed <laughs> it. Uh, but the weird little sidelight, I would say, I do really like the way the body is discussed in this. Like I kind of brought this through as I was describing it to you, like. If you're helpless in your body, you're not happy. There's certain things that Ari can't realize or deal with while he's helpless. And he keeps getting these attacks of helplessness. And I think if he wasn't hit by a car and if he didn't have the flu, Mm -hmm. maybe things would have been resolved in the first summer. And I think that could have been another way to like make the the gay realization more satisfying is if you had hints of him feeling attraction and desire towards Dante and then feeling like he either can't trust them or can't act on them because of his physical um, limits. That could have been much more satisfying, I think. Very good. So I think that wraps us up. Mm -hmm. Um, Next week, we're going to be discussing uh, Okay For Now by Gary D. Schmidt, uh, which is actually set earlier again. It's set in 1968 during the vietnam war okay um in new york okay and more america more america if you have anything you'd like to contribute to our discussion on aristotle and dante discover the secrets of the universe if there's anything you'd like to comment on in general you can find us on twitter at forever ya pod and we have had some book recommendations that we are currently working into the schedule. But we would also welcome more. If you give us a book recommendation and we do it, we'll give you a shout out. Yeah, that's an important one. We'll yeah. give you words. Um, <laughs> we all need words, uh, as Aristotle discovered. Stay young. Stay happy. Bye. I presume you have to go do rugby now, yeah? Yeah, I'm good.